Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders. They call us by name. They're always giving back, making a difference, going that extra mile to support us and our community. Right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business. And look for the contactless simple, tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming. We are about one hour separated from the Browns defeating the Washington football team 34-20. I'm Zach Jackson. I'm joined by Jason Lloyd, although we're not in the same room. Uh, these are the rules here at uh, First Energy Stadium. The Browns are 2-1 and one for the first time since 2011. They have a winning record for the first time since 2014. Jason, I don't even remember where I lived in 2014. Um, yeah, that, that was a long time ago, man. <laughs> yeah, a really so, long time ago. You know, it's it's not something that means anything in the scope of this game or, you know, this team, which obviously, um, you know, you take the wins. There's obvious growth areas that need to go on and will go on. Uh, but, you know, winning beats losing. And, and let's just start here with this game. The most important takeaway to me, at least before we start diving in, is that for as poorly as they played in the third quarter and gave – the lead away like I really think it's most important that they battle back at this point I expect Nick Chubb to be a badass right I expect Miles to show up and make those plays but for the Browns to go minus 12 net yards on their first two drives uh, for the secondary that's just awful to give up the lead to Dwayne Haskins and then to come back and grab it that's something you build on and maybe just maybe and I know we're getting way too far ahead here but maybe you look back in say November and say, hey, they were supposed to win this game against Washington, but when they did that, they found something along the way. They had some adversity, and they got that win. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this right before uh, as I was walking down trying to find this <laughs> secluded room that I'd pr- probably be kicked out of momentarily. But the, the the Browns always surprise us and never in good ways. And I feel like through three weeks, this has gone how we thought it would go. Maybe not, maybe not the game by play by play minutia of it, but the overall big picture, they run the ball. They have problems in the, in the back seven defensively. They got drilled by the Ravens. They beat Cincinnati and Washington three games into the season. I'm not surprised by the overall product. And that's, that's a good thing because normally, I mean, think about again, let's go back to last year after the opener, the city was on fire going, oh, my God, in heaven, what, what have we gotten ourselves into here? The Browns always surprise us and never in a good way. And now I feel like for the first time in a really long time, this has gone according to plan. Yeah, um, I mostly agree with what you said there. And, and I would say this, like there were times today I was like, the Browns have to be better in that spot or, man, this Washington defense really is that good. But there was never a time where I was like, here we go again, like the game's over, right? Like. The Browns had bad plays, bad sequences, and they came back with good ones. You know, uh, 
I thought from the start they were a little pass heavy. Maybe maybe this defense is so good that you have to loosen them up. But you know, eventually Chubb gets his hundred, his two touchdowns, add some style points there, right? And then you're not going to win the the turnover battle by five to nothing in every game, and you're rarely going to have that happen. But when you have the lead in the fourth quarter, you have both running backs, and you can beat good teams doing that. Dwayne Haskins is not good in the NFL. I, I think we saw that today. Baker, I, Baker, I didn't think it was terrific. Um, but as you said, this is two games in a row now. We're in the fourth quarter. The, the Browns just wore down, uh, in this case, a really good defense with two really, really good running backs. And, and I would tend to imagine this is the formula going forward. Uh, th- there's times where I got aggravated again because you're right. They, they came out throwing the ball, and I felt like, you know, they, they, sometimes they just – it's so hard to be simple. And it's so hard to just run the ball and run the ball and run the ball, especially in today's pass-happy NFL. Nobody does that. But that's the way this team is built. This, that's the way this team's going to have the most success. And it feels like every time they deviate from that, they get, they run into problems. And then everything settles down. Give the ball to Chubb. Again, there's no such thing as too much Chubb. Once you get Nick rolling again, play it off with Kareem, things settle down and go back to normal. Yeah. Um, now they've played real defenses for eight quarters for two games. And the pass offense has not been good. Right. No. Um, now let's say they they did respond. Odell made some big catches early in the game, and specifically that third and twelve, I believe it was. Yep. Uh, and third, yep. you know, they get down and they they throw the play action three yarder to a wide open rookie tight end who secures it. Um, he, Baker did not throw an interception. Again, credit to Odell really for that. So, you know, we're not nitpicking, but we're not poo-pooing the win by any means. And like I said, it's, it's progress for this team that you can say you expect that from Nick Chubb, right? Did you expect them to put the game away with those two backs, but between the past game and the past defense, are they ready to play the big boys is, is really not a question we can answer with any level of confidence. No, of course not. Um, but I, again, I'm just happy that we're three games in and, and we've seen out of them what we expected to see. Uh, I Baker's got to be better, you know, 16 to 23 today, 156 yards. You, you mentioned Odell playing defensive back on the one. This was what his first game. Oh, he threw interceptions in eight straight. This was his first game without mm-hmm. a pick. And that's only because Odell played defensive back and, and even gave the finger wag after he not batted the pass after he broke up the pass. Uh, Baker's got to be better. As I said earlier, Haskins to me was awful. The Browns awful defense <laughs> got five t- got five takeaways, and there's a couple of them. I don't know what what Haskins saw. I don't know what he's looking at. That's not the quarterback I saw at Ohio State. Uh, I I don't know if it's really he's having a hard time adjusting the NFL. I don't know if it's the toxic culture of Washington or what. But oh my God, is he a terrible NFL quarterback? Yeah, it was it was not a winning performance from him in any regard today. Uh, and, and then you know. First of all, let's credit the Browns. Five turnovers, all three interceptions immediately into touchdowns. That's how you win football games, no matter who you're playing. Absolutely. But, but yep. yes, when, when you're Washington, when you've scored seven first-half points in your first two games and, and you're very limited in terms of not having a true number one running back, you know, trying to get this young kid in, once you cross that two or three turnover mark, you're just not going to win the game, right? So – um, again, the Browns defensive line shows up miles, uh, with, with the two splash plays, Larry Ogajobi almost took a handoff in the first half. Sheldon had a sack, 
um, in some plays made by the secondary. But Denzel Ward starts the game, does not play in the second half. Um, you know, far-reaching implications there. But here's the thing. They're, they're, the reason they're trying among four linebackers and three slot corners, Jason, is because they don't have any answers. And the next three games, they play Dak Prescott, Phillip Rivers, and Ben Roethlisberger. So that's not Dwayne Haskins, right? Um, not that you don't take every turnover you can create, or not, not that you don't think you can run the ball right at these teams and help your defense and, and make them frustrate you. But, man, uh, when you talk about expecting and, and not really seeing many surprises through this, you know, first three games as this team gets better and kind of finds its way, the back seven of the defense being a mess also qualifies as not a surprise, and it's a huge alarm going forward. Yeah, and I guess now, you know, as I said three games in, we haven't been surprised. Now is the time to find out what we really have. You know, you mentioned the Cowboys, the Steelers, the, the upcoming schedule. Now we're going to find out. Uh, the three that the, I, I'm pleased that the three games have gone the way that they have. You, you know, I, I said when they got drilled by the Ravens, don't overreact. You know, let's wait and see what happens against Cincinnati and Washington. And it turns out they responded exactly as we thought they would. I, I don't know. I have no idea what to expect now going forward because of, because of the injury problems and really just the lack of talent in the back seven right now uh, with linebackers and secondary. I, I have no idea what to expect going against Dak Prescott yeah. and Ben Roethlisberger. Well, I, listen, credit Washington. I thought they had a good plan. You know, there was a lot of misdirection stuff and a lot of short passing, and that is the way you take advantage of this Browns defense that's not real fast except up front, right? Um yeah, so you're going to see more of that. And obviously you're going to see teams that are more established and do it in different ways. Um, now, to think that you really win a lot of games in today's NFL 16-13, no, especially unless it's in a blizzard, you don't. But what the Browns need to avoid is having to score 35-40, and 40, right? They need to be able to establish the run and stick with it rather than, uh, you know, problems today specifically early in the third quarter penalties a negative play then you're in third and must pass then those big defensive linemen frankly are making your quarterback look small and that's not the winning formula and now a word from our sponsors this football season is different pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you're watching pepsi is a refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the league of football watchers these passionate fans are the real generational talent that pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com to check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. Hey guys, football is here. Fubo TV has you covered. Lots of channels, lots of games. It's finally time on Saturday and Sunday to plop on the couch, watch football day and night. With Fubo, you can get the family plan. Three people can watch it once on three different devices. The standard base plan has two screens, at once. To get our special offer, you get 30 hours of DVR, you get 15% off the first month. NBC Sports included on the national feed for Sunday night football watching. So FUBO.TV, that's FUBO.TV. It will not disappoint. Stay updated on your favorite teams as well as get local broadcast news. Go to FUBOTV.com slash athletic. F-U-B-O-TV.com slash athletic. Go there today, get 15% off your first month. You won't regret it. FuboTV.com slash athletic. Start your first month today. And this was the first time where I thought, and I'm not going to pretend to be an offensive line guru or know what, what who's supposed to pick up whom on, on blitzes and whatever else. 
But this is the first time where Jedrick Will stood out to me where I thought, boy, I think he missed that. I think he missed that. It was the first time where I really felt like he missed a couple blocks where he kind of got confused with what Washington was doing up front, even after Chase Young left the game. I just felt like there was a couple of moments there where this line to this point has been terrific. Wyatt Teller's been terrific at right guard. Uh, across the board, I've been really pleased with, with the Browns' protection up front. Uh, but it's, this is the first time where he kind of looked like a rookie to me. Did I miss? Did I misread something? You no, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, look, you know, you're going to have penalties, and you're going to play like a rookie, right? And you're going to have your hands full uh, against this Washington defensive line. Um, but when there's multiple penalties, or when the Browns put themselves, whether it's his fault or not, in those situations, it's going to be tough. So you have to work like crazy to avoid those. You know, uh, like I said, I, I am really the positive vibe is not so much in the result. It's that. It was not easy. I mean, against the Bengals, everything came easy to this offense, right? And they needed that confidence booster. But the fact that they had those negatives, um, really Will's penalty sunk the very first drive of the game. And we know now through two coaching staffs, the Browns have been on a pretty good run of with their scripted plays early. And then you come out at halftime and should have been over. Uh, It wasn't. In fact, you gave the lead away. So, you know, it's going to be – one play in this game. I mean, the only reason Washington goes for it and takes the lead um, with a fourth down conversion is because after their first touchdown of the third quarter, they missed the PAT, right? It yeah, doesn't end yeah. up mattering because the Browns get chubbed rolling and they put them away. But so, so those are things we're going to see. And I do, you know, how you respond, uh, little game situations. Um, that's why I'm concerned about the special teams. Uh, for sure. That's why I'm concerned about the defense. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're just going to get gashed by good offenses. But I think the offensive line in general has played well. And and Jed Wills is a rookie. He is 21 years old. He never played left tackle until two weeks ago today in a football game. So there's going to be bumps, but I think he's pretty gifted. I think this offense can still be pretty good. Um, I don't feel like they had to kind of put it all together, but you know, as I mentioned, Odell makes that big catch. Both running backs get involved late, uh, Chubb early. Like, you know, there are more positives, I guess, Jason, than than we sit here and think. And given, like I said, the history doesn't really matter as much, but given all the, the time this team lost and everything that is new, to be two and one, to be exactly where you're supposed to be and have a chance to win a few more and play some big games these next few weeks, that's huge progress. And, and we'll just see when those weeks come, how ready the Browns are for it. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be overly negative. Uh, and, and maybe that's the tone we've set off. I don't, I certainly don't intend it to be. Uh, I, we, you know, we didn't think Washington was a very good football team coming in. So you expected them to play well, you expected them to win. And, and so, yeah. you know, kudos to them for doing exactly what they should do. And, and Chubb going over hundred yards again, and two more touchdowns. This is the type of performance that this team is capable of week in and week out. Now let's see how they do it against the elite. Yeah. Um, you know, getting the turnovers is positive. The Browns didn't have an interception in the first two games. They get three today. Carl Joseph was all over the place. That's a guy you need Carl to Carl Joseph healthy. was great. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad you mentioned him. He was, he had a huge hit down the sideline. What was, it was the big play. Uh, somebody got free on Washington, and he came up with a big stick on on the on the sideline, far from us. I can't remember now which play it was. And then the interception. I've been really impressed with him uh, so far this season. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and and that's a guy you're going to need. You know, they signed Malcolm Smith uh, after Mac Wilson gets hurt. He has an interception. 
former Super Bowl MVP, uh, you know, brings some, some credibility, a lot of experience to this defense. Makes you kind of wonder why they waited so long on that front, why they thought. Um, you know, and that's the rub here. Like, look, any defense that loses a Denzel Ward or loses a Grant Delpit to go back or loses any starting corner, Grady Williams still hasn't played this year, that you're, you're going to take a hit from that. But, like, these things always happen. You need five corners to play in the NFL. So I, I thought it was – I always wondered, looking at the whole back seven, not singling out one of the positions, like, they're too thin here. What are they doing? So, um, you know, if you want to look at it that way, that Joseph's settling in, the Greedy's coming back, you got Kevin Johnson back. He ended up playing a little more than half the game. You know, Mac Wilson came back today. He, he probably didn't play half the game, but he's in. He'll, he'll feel better going forward, presumably. Um, you know, you can look up and say that's great, but injuries across the defense and just questions on how they're going to stop a good team. I can't get away from that. I really can't. Yeah, and the Denzel Ward thing is, you know, is it just erring on the side of caution and realizing that you probably have the game in hand and you don't need him back out there? Is it, is it another injury knock against him? Uh, we've said it a hundred times on this podcast. We've written it. This Browns defense desperately needs Denzel Ward, and they need Denzel Ward to play like he did as a rookie. It, it looks a lot different in the secondary when he's in there and when he's not. And you obviously at this point, I would expect that he'll be back next week. I would hope, but I guess I guess you just never really know. Yeah, uh, you you want him, you need him, um, and he's playing for millions and millions of dollars in an extension. And to get that, he yeah. has to play well. He has to prove to the Browns that he can be durable, that he can be out there, that he can guard a number one receiver that you're going to see every single week in this league. Um, let's just put it this way, Jason. You know, this team, with its warts and with its offensive firepower, could be 8-8-ish, eight and right, which is progress. Yeah. Um, this team, as it gets better, could be really, really good on offense, right? And you look – you, today at a team you were supposed to beat and you did. And this team is certainly tremendously better, at least on one side than the likes of the Jaguars, the Jets and the Giants, who you see way down the road. So maybe you look at a nine and seven, which puts you in playoff contention. Again, that's way, way down. I mean, it's, it's still September for a few more days here, but the bottom line on this season is you have to know what you have in Baker Mayfield. And if he's your guy going forward, and if he's the guy good enough to get you past this, where he, Eight and eight's progress, right? Where you can win, where you cannot be in third place, all of these things. So three games in is not the time for that evaluation, but that's what hangs over every single thing that happens. And so we celebrate Nick Chubb and we almost take it for granted as he bounces and spins off people, right? And just blasts through uh, would-be tacklers. But this all comes down to answering the question of quarterback, um, you know, by the time December rolls around. And he didn't wow me today. I'd be curious to see what you thought about Baker today. I 16 to 23, 156, two touchdowns, no interceptions. The numbers look look okay. And and the way that this offense is designed, he doesn't have to be spectacular. I, I get that. But I just felt like there was throws he missed. I just felt like there was just I don't know. I still have not been dazzled and overwhelmed by Baker. He, again today, I thought there was a couple plays where he left the pocket when he didn't need to, rolled right necessarily when he didn't need yeah. to. I just don't think that the comfort level is there. No, and, and some of that, you know, is, is understandable um, because of all the change that they've put them through, right? Because this Washington defense specifically up front is so good. And a couple of those came in, in those third and long situations that you want to avoid. Um, by all accounts, he had a really good rookie year. By all accounts, he had a really crappy 
second year. Uh, if you meet in the middle there, you know, which is, I think you have to, that doesn't necessarily mean he's average, but it means there's a wide range of outcomes. It means there's things to be fixed. It means there's talent to work with, right? Um, this is not a guy that just came in the league and was anointed as great because of his draft position, right? Um, he's done it. He's, he's produced, he's won, he's thrown good passes. I would say right now, um, you know, with all that in mind, like the lack of accuracy, which is supposed to be his calling card on a lot of the dropbacks is what's alarming. Um, the flip side would be that when he is on the run and when he is thrown to the tight ends and when they are creating things off the play action, he looks really comfortable. So, um, the two good defenses they've played have made him look small at times. And I just think that's what he is. So we'll see, but going forward, it's not just about him getting comfortable with this offense and getting more experience because every game he plays teams get new film on them. And and we know the role right thing is there, right? We know the the blitz in them and then getting in his passing lanes gives, gives him trouble. So there's a book on everybody. Um, There's a book on Baker Mayfield and he's, I thought, see today would have been start 32, I think. So, you know, that's, that's two full seasons. He's in his two third full season. seasons. He's, he's had a lot of yep. life experience here in the NFL as most people that play quarterback for the Browns do. Right. So, um, you know, uh, these next several games are very important for the Cleveland Browns and for Baker Mayfield. And like I said, as we sit here and gush about Chubb and about miles and shout out the Carl Joseph's and Malcolm Smith's and Wyatt tellers of the world. Um, it's not hyperbole. It's not a stretch to say this is all about, Baker and it's all about where Stefanski, Andrew Berry, and the other guys that we know are going to be here, go from here. What did you think? Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but when after the game, Stefanski was asked about having a winning record for the first time since 2014. He just said, We're just trying to go one and zero every week. And he punted it and didn't didn't go down that road at all. Is that because do you think that's because we're only three weeks in and there's still so much season in front of us? Is that just trying to distance himself from just a horrific past? Or am I just reading too much into this? Why would he not even engage on anything that had to do with the last time the Browns had a winning record? Frankly, the last time he gave a half-interesting answer to any question was in February at the Combine. <laughs> All right, fair. Yeah, I have noticed that, too. He, <laughs> so, does not, he does not give an inch. Yeah. So um, that's that's kind of what I think there. Look. I mean, if he was daunted at all by the past, he wouldn't have taken the job, right? And and yeah. guys are aware, you know. The Browns did this dance with him twice. They hired him the second time. He came in. Um, they got thrown in this unprecedented situation, right? Um, you know, last year, he, he, he's – I'm sure he was grinding hundreds of hours with that Minnesota offense, and they made the second round of the playoffs. You don't think in December that he was – wasn't aware of every single thing that was happening here in Cleveland. Of course. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's, let's just of be course. honest. We're all real people, even these coaches and their robotic answers. So, you know, it, it is an interesting thing here because there's been so much change and try to write it and discuss it in the past. Like what, what does it matter to these guys? You know, the fact is most of the players don't even know that the, these Cleveland Browns are not the same organization that they were, <laughs> you know, like a lot of them were born in the three years that the Browns didn't exist. Right. Um, yeah. The fact is that most of them, if you pulled the locker room, couldn't tell you that 2002 is the last year the Browns made the playoffs. They just know it hasn't been recently. And when they go out next Sunday in Dallas, none of that matters. Trying to cover those receivers matters, <laughs> you know, right. trying to put right. together a game plan. So 
I think I liked the offensive game plan today. I really did. And I, and I think Stefanski got his wish, which is everybody in the stadium, specifically the guy talking right now, thought they were done throwing the ball. And all of a sudden they popped the, the, the ceiling touchdown pass to Harrison Bryant. So I think those opportunities will come. I think they're still building this offense really from a structural standpoint that every one of these games and every one of these different situations is, is a growing point and an evaluating point. And we'll see. Um, it's nice to be able to get that 2,100 days out of the way without a losing record. I mean, within that time was historic losing that didn't happen by accident, but they're going to have to go win more games to shed all that and to move on and to be relevant and eventually get in the playoffs. And in that regard, he's exactly right. Uh, I'm sure the coaches meet at 6 a.m. Monday morning and it's, it's time to get to work on winning the next game because nobody gives a shit about this one. All right. So what's your biggest takeaway leaving here today? You know, as we wrap this up, as we, as we move on from this win and, and look forward to Dallas, just, I mean, for me, it's, it's, I guess I would just restate what I already said three games in it's, it's gone exactly how we thought it would. And when is the last time that we could say that about a Browns team, because nothing ever goes the way you think it's going to. I'm pleased. And, uh, pleasantly surprised by the fact that this is what we expected and this is what we've got. I'm just curious as we leave here today, what's your biggest takeaway? The yeah, right now? I think very similarly along those lines that you just laid out, Jason, I think my biggest takeaway would be that, man, maybe these two running backs are really good enough to get this team a winning record or close to it. And man, maybe this defense is bad enough to blow the whole thing up. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. You know, that's true. Dallas at Dallas home Colts, at Pittsburgh. Those are the next three. That will be six games in, which isn't the halfway point, obviously, but is enough for a real evaluation, specifically given the circumstances. So that third game is in Pittsburgh. When the Browns are back, they will win in Heinz Field. Will that be three weeks from today? I don't know, but we'll know. We'll be, we'll be a lot more equipped to really dive in to these things we've been trying to dive into then. That was a very yep. that was a very Kevin Stefanski ish answer by me. <laughs> no, you're right. You know what? What you just said absolutely nailed it. I don't know if you've said that before. When the Browns are back, they'll win in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and 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 we'll know. I guess that's when we'll know. And maybe it is three weeks from now. Maybe it's, uh, you know, fifty five weeks from now. I I I don't know. But um, I, I think that's that's astute. And I think three weeks from now, to this point, it's gone how we thought. I have no idea what to expect over the next three weeks. And I think. Six, you know, six weeks in, three weeks from now, we'll have a really good idea of, of what the 2020 Cleveland Browns really are. I agree. Uh, let's get out of here on that note. So uh, we just from a selfish standpoint, a journalism nerd standpoint, we're glad to have a routine here because uh, we haven't had one in this season. So this is our postgame podcast at some point Thursday-ish uh, headed to next Sunday. There will be another podcast where we'll dive into the Cowboys, talk about the Browns see how things are going. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for reading. Subscribe to The Athletic if you have not. Uh, I believe the dollar a month trial is still going on, right, Jason? At least for a little bit longer. So jump on board. Um, We appreciate, you know, and and listen, there is, like, there has been times I've left the stadium in late September, regardless of what just happened on that Sunday afternoon and thought this, this thing is headed. There are reasons for optimism and excitement surrounding this team. And winning sure beats the hell out of losing. So let's see where this thing goes um, because there, there's there's some real pieces here. And Nick Chubb is as good as it comes, and Kareem Hunt's not far behind him. So uh, let's see what these guys can continue to do. And maybe 
maybe finally uh, the story ends up at least a little bit differently than the other ones. For Jason, I'm Zach. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time on Civilized War.